0: Hey Logo Geeks, Ian Paget here and on this week's podcast I'm interviewing Alexa Ekaeva to discuss how she became a designer, her design process and more. But before we dive into the interview I want to thank FreshBooks who have sponsored the Logo Geek podcast. FreshBooks is a cloud-based invoicing and accounting software that's built for freelancers and small business owners. It allows you to automate tasks like invoicing, organizing your expenses and tracking your time. As we are in the tax season now is the best time to look into FreshBooks and you can do that with a free 30-day trial. To claim that, just visit freshbooks.com forward slash logogeek and be sure to enter logogeek in the how did you hear section. So as mentioned this week, I'm chatting with the super talented Alexa Ikayeva, a designer and illustrator from Turkmenistan in Central Asia. I came across Alexa after reading an interview that she did with Logo Lounge and after checking out her work on Instagram and on her website, I became an immediate fan. Her illustration work and her logo design work is amazing. It all uses a very distinct illustration style and it's all so well executed. A lot of her logos are also subtly animated too and it's some of the very best work of its type that I've ever come across online. Because of that, I know that I wanted to get Alexa on the show so that we could all learn from her. So I reached out to her a few weeks back and at first she was a little bit reluctant to come on since English is not her native language. Plus she'd never done a podcast before but we planned everything carefully. We had all the questions planned in advance and we worked together on this and I'm really proud that she came on and we had a fantastic chat. We speak about how she became a designer, her logo design process, how she uses animation in her work and how she manages to connect with other designers despite being in a country where there's no design events or meetups. It's a really great discussion so let's just jump straight into this. Here is the interview with Alexa Ikaeva. <laughs> I understand that you're a self-taught designer. How did you go about learning graphic design?
1: Uh, Yes, Uh, my father worked uh, with hardware all of his life. Actually, he's working at home right now, too. So he fixes computers. And my mom, she is a software engineer. So we always had a computer at home. I'm just telling you that in my country there is still a huge problem with internet access. So it was a privilege to have a computer and internet around 20 years ago in Turkmenistan. So I always loved to draw and when my mom uh, brought a CD with Photoshop, I started poking around and eventually I moved from paper to digital. And after the crisis in the 90s, maybe you heard about this, my dad he lost everything. He lost his business. And as a result, when I graduated from school, my parents couldn't afford to pay for my education. <laughs> so the country defines a lot, I would say. <laughs> I can't talk in details, but I started perfectly well. And it was not enough to go to university in our country still. <laughs> so I had enough free time to learn how to draw on a computer. And thanks to internet, I could find any required information to learn things on my own. That's how I started.
0: So was that through watching things like YouTube videos?
1: Um, not really. There wasn't YouTube videos when I started. There was something like tutorials: how to make fire in Photoshop, <laughs> or how to make this and how to come. It mostly there were mostly tutorials for the tools. Uh, like you learn interface how to use the interface so mostly it was like
0: that yeah yeah i'm i'm finding there's a lot of self-taught designers out there now and i think it's much easier now than it was say 10 20 years ago um you know when we both would started out as graphic designers so i i just think it's amazing what you've been able to achieve anyway i understand from other interviews that you've done that your first job was a design role at a marketing company Since you actually had no formal education, what was it that you were able to show them to get that job?
1: Mm, Good question. Uh, I asked my dad if someone needed an intern. Uh, So he had a lot of uh, people around in different companies because of his job with computers. And at that time, one of his friends, uh, he worked as a designer at some advertising agency and he agreed to give me a trial. I was giving a task to retouch a photo of horses. You know, it's a thing in, a, in my country, everything about horses. So if I could find the dude now, I would, you know, blush and sh- with shame. It was, ah. Uh, <laughs> but surprisingly, the agency, they like my work <laughs> and <laughs> hired me as a junior designer. So officially, I was an assistant of that guy. And in two months, when I learned the new software and got used to the work, I started to receive regular tasks and logical and normal salary.
0: That's amazing. Such a great opportunity. Um, So just to clarify, was that actually a full time position?
1: It was full time at the very beginning, but uh, I was giving small tasks like I I was an assistant of that designer, like clean this, cut this shape from, uh, you know, small things like do what i don't want to do <laughs> and then uh, yes and then i started to got real projects uh, and that's all I, I i would say that i after two months i did more works than him I, 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 he's great i'm just saying that there were more works on my side
0: yeah I understand types. that that's similar to how I started out myself i I actually worked within a marketing team for a, a medical company and at first, I was just given small bits and pieces i mean it was things like leaflets and posters um but I remember that the other two they were working on um you know major corporate brochures um and what I was doing in, in comparison was just small bits but I know myself when I actually worked as a design director when we did hire in junior designers we would always give them low risk small jobs Mm. or you know even fictional projects and that was mainly just to see what they're capable of doing until you can actually trust them exactly but I think that's how um, most designers learn and I think it's probably the best way to become a a graphic designer when you're just starting out.
1: The best thing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
0: you, you've got to learn somehow. And we all need to start somewhere. Um. Anyway, I wanted to ask you something you mentioned in the um, Logo Lounge interview you did recently. Mm-hmm. You told a story of how everything changed for you once you met the best designer in your city who eventually lured you into joining his team which really helped you to up your game can you talk through that time and share with us what it was that allowed you to actually up your game
1: yes Uh, the advertising agency I was working at they mainly focused on quite primitive design you know the Turkmen market is small and most of Uh, the ads were quite trivial for example when we were doing signs for uh, local shops our job was to fit on a banner as many goods as possible so you can imagine how the end product looked like if uh, there is a shop you can put the cheese eggs bread everything on this sign and maybe small uh, letters and yes that it was like that so nothing specific there wasn't any ideas you just put the photographs (laughs)
0: yeah mash it together (laughs)
1: yes so uh, I was often uh, I had a computer at home and internet was really good my parents uh, arranged this so I was often hanging out on some early social networks and I was a part of a few Russian speaking online communities and that's where I met Vadim my friend he asked uh, me to send my portfolio And I was kind of proud of it that I was doing this science. (laughs) I'm a young girl who can't do (laughs) these things. (laughs) uh, But when I saw his works, it was just uh, another level. I felt like, oh, why did I send? (laughs) Why did I send these things? (laughs) What did I do? (laughs) And it's okay. Uh, And um, I like chatting with him a lot. And he started to give me small tasks to do. And I really liked it. I did everything whatever he was saying related to the work because I was very interested uh, because of his level and the companies with whom he was working. I was so happy to get small tasks. It was like a huge exercise, a huge huge experience for me. I've never did something like that before, only stupid things. And in my advertising agency, I was using Corel, Corel Drop. And I started to learn Illustrator just because of him, because he was working on this uh, uh, Adobe Illustrator. And he requested, um, he required to prepare files in this extension. In so after three or four tasks, he invited me over for a chat to the company where he worked at that time. And on the next morning, I notified my boss bosses at my work that I wish to quit so <laughs> with my new job I made a lot of new friends and most importantly new experience That how it was yes a lot of friends not a lot but uh, all my friends which I have right now the best friends and they're all from that company we still have beautiful uh, communication good relationships and we still hang out we are best friends
0: yeah that sounds really good uh, it sounds like he basically mentored you um, yes you know he gave my the help mind. and guidance he needed exactly. and he must have seen something in you because i know you know when you look at young designers work you can always see when there's some something to them and he must have saw that in you and you know nurtured that and um allowed you to to grow and, and develop and and i think you know if you are in a situation like you was where you're working for a company that's doing you know really mundane tasks like those advertisements where there's no like actual graphic design direction where you're not developing it makes sense to move on it it sounds like you made the the right choice personally and uh you you know you gained a lot from that experience so I think it's really good you you did that yes Cool so I'm keen to chat with you about your logo design process because I know um, every single designer that I've spoken to on this podcast now and you know we're coming up to 40 episodes every designer works in a slightly different way so I find it really interesting to um, talk about uh, their logo design process so you have a really unique style like um, when I look through your work you know I can I can tell it's your work it has a really nice unique style so I'd love to hear from you what your logo design process is, if, if, if you can talk through that.
1: Uh, sure. I start to work only after I have discussed everything in great detail with the client. Thanks to book, to my, to my favorite book of David Avery. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I love this book. Mm, so mm, I need to know as much as possible about the company and customers they focus on. Sometimes I may ask uh, references from my clients for better understanding of the personal preferences as well. I know I don't have to attach to this, but I still consider uh, personal preferences as well. And um, perhaps it's unusual, but I don't have a limited number of revisions like most of my designer friends do. And I discuss the project to the point when a client has a clear view of what we are doing what we are going to do so we don't end up in a situation with too many wasted revisions so we discuss everything in detail although i can come up with more than one idea as a rule i show to my clients the one which suits my vision the best and i send sketches first if it's fine with the customer i work on finalizing them and of course i make changes as needed a couple more touches, and here's the final vector product for, my, for the final revision. And it's fine. I send out the files after that. Uh, generally, I will summon the thing that uh, most of the mm, details I get during the conversation, it helps a lot. It saves a lot of time later on. I don't do many revisions, thanks God. <laughs> I don't remember <laughs> situations when I did, you know... Many variations. No, no, nothing like that. Maybe two or something like that. So everything starts with the proper great conversation. If you know the details about the project as much as possible, at the same time, you have to learn something about your client as well. So uh, when you are set with this, then everything will go more or less smooth. So that's how it starts. Yeah.
0: I like what you said then about finding out personal preference because we we have spoken about this briefly on the podcast before, but although you are designing for your customer's target audience and in reality, your customer's um, requirements and expectations are actually totally irrelevant.
1: Exactly,
0: I agree that it's important to find out your client's expectations because at the end of the day, they are the one that's going to be approving the work. So I think it's good to find out you know because generally when someone comes to you they normally have some kind of expectation of what they're looking for but if you speak to them and you find out that their expectations are totally off the mark and totally wrong for what they need then you know early on you can have those conversations that that's not a right direction but um because they the because your client is the one that's going to be agreeing what you do it's worth finding out what their personal expectations and preferences and um, basically what they expect from the project. And then you don't get any nasty surprises where they don't like your work or don't, agri- don't agree with what you've done and so on. So I, th- I think that point was good. Uh, um, oh, also,
1: there is one more thing. Sorry. And it's very important to understand if you can do this job and if you can uh, offer the right thing. So, uh, during the conversation, I also can understand this. So, that's how I actually may agree or not agree to some of the projects. So, also, that's the thing.
0: Sure, I understand. Uh, You're basically aiming to find out if you'll be a good fit. Uh, For example, if they're asking for a style that's outside your capabilities or not something you'd want to take forward, then you can turn away that project or just refer it on to someone else? Of
1: course, because you spend more resources and time, which always converts uh, to money. So if you got the job, which you do for one month, then don't expect, right, uh, to get... Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely, (laughs) absolutely. So you mentioned that you present sketches and i know looking through your work that these aren't just the stereotypical like sketch on a piece of paper these are sketches that you've done using some kind of um app on your ipad or phone um i'm keen to ask you what's the reason why you show sketches because personally I don't like to show sketches um, but I know some people that do so what's the reason that you present sketches?
1: Uh, Basically I work on complex logos like you mentioned that it's uh, like mini illustrations gaming logo mascots and such and mostly related to entertainment and in many cases showing the idea as a sketch saves a lot of time for me I use a, a tablet to do them in Photoshop, and you know raster images I prepare don't look too different from the final vector. So you can see some of the examples in my blog. Uh, so a client has better understanding of the idea in the visual form. Uh, also, if there are vision revisions, I add them when sketching. I prepare a vector file when the sketches are approved. So. Aye. If I work on a simple logo, I skip sketching phase and start an illustrator. But if it's something illustrative, um, then I have to do sketches. Otherwise, I will spend a lot of time. I will draw it in vector, then show. And if I need some changes or I have to revision the idea generally, then I will spend a lot of time. Um, And it's not, um, you know, productive. Yeah. So that's why I start to draw sketches in Photoshop and try to do them to look the same. Yeah. As back, as finals. Yeah.
0: So to speed up the process, because I I did notice like I, I think it's worth everyone checking uh, what you mean by sketches. So what I would do is in the show notes for this episode, I'll include a couple of those images from your blog and link to your blog mm-hmm. so that people can go and check those out because they're not that would be great. They're, they're not really sketches. They are quite they 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 pretty much look like the finished thing but you can see it's been done by hand and well yes
1: but by hand it's much easier to draw something i just and then that's all but when you draw the vector i try to put the curve in the proper (laughs) side so it's the less dots (laughs) on the (laughs) graphics it's it takes much longer time so i prepare final files only when the these illustrations are approved these sketches let's call them sketches only when these are approved
0: yeah i think it's good that you take that approach with the the type of work that you do because um a lot of your logo designs are like you said um very illustrative and they're a very specific style and you know if you're going to actually draw those as vectors it's just going to take a lot of time but like you said on an ipad you can just take it out and quickly draw over change things and experiment so i I think it's good that you do that with especially with the type of work and the type of clients that you work with so i i like that um i noticed that a lot of your work makes use of really nice text textures and um a lot of designers don't always include textures and gradients and stuff like that in their work but i think with your style again it works really well can you talk through how you create that effect
1: uh, yes, sometimes I use grain texture. It adds volume. I think it adds volume, especially to the solid colored objects. So if I draw in, uh, if I draw illustration, illustrations, I just use basic Photoshop dry brushes or dissolve mode. When it comes to vectors, the easiest way to make grain is by using vector brushes. It's easy to create, but I found some awesome. Triple shading brushes from Chris Pooner, and now I recommend them to everyone. I will give you the link. This is these brushes are the best, <laughs> you don't have to do anything, you just use them, and the final uh, result is awesome. But uh, of course, you can't use too much uh, grain in Illustrator because you will kill your memory RAM and it takes a lot of resources. So sometimes if you uh, textures textures add some, you know, interesting thing to the object. So sometimes I use, but I don't put them on every single <laughs> object. I know some people who put uh, textures just to look. Uh, just to make look the thing better but it won't save the situation
0: yeah it's not needed is I think you found a really nice balance with those textures and um, it actually adds a lot of character to, to the style of your work and talking about character that actually leads on nicely to my next question for you Um, When scrolling through your portfolio, I noticed quite a few of your logo designs are actually animated, uh, which is something I really see in uh, logo design portfolios. And the way that you've done it is really nice because it actually enhances your designs too. Can you talk through how you actually create those animations?
1: When I work on a logo, I often imagine uh, the interactive version of it. If I can develop the idea, I do it in Adobe Flash. I always keep telling myself it's time time to start learning After Effects, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm still working on Flash. So my level in animation is not high, but uh, whenever I can, I try to create some simple loops for my logos. Uh, I believe that even a short animation can add more meaning and depth to a logo. That's why I love collaborative project with animators you may see some uh project like cute logos we created recently some project and uh, many people loved that some of the guys who put their logos there there were like personal projects they sold this works already so this project is really great uh it brought a lot of, and it was so fun to do i said uh, animators you do whatever you want we don't give you scenario for the for our logos you just create whatever you like and the final result was awesome we love and we love it really a lot
0: yeah they're really great I, I recommend listeners looking through your instagram feed to, to see some examples and what i'll do is i'll link to that in the show notes for this can I just ask what files do you supply the client with when you animate the the Lego for them?
1: Um, depends on their needs. Uh, actually, I ask where they're planning to use, and I prepared uh, final files for them. I may use, uh, I may give them um, this uh, fla version, right. uh, uh, or PSD. You know, you can put the movie in PSD file, and or I can give um, frames. Or I can even convert and build it simply in After Effects. But I don't know After Effects so well. But still, I can't prepare this any format. I can give any format, action.
0: Sure, okay. So it's just a case of understanding exactly where the animation will be used and, and preparing the appropriate file format. So of course, if, say, it's going to be used in a video, then you can provide a... Um, a HD video file oh, yes. or if it's going to go on a website you can provide a, an animated GIF at the appropriate size and so on. I just want to take a short break to tell you more about FreshBooks who has sponsored the Logo Geek podcast and without them it simply would not be possible. I remember when I started out as a designer taking on my own projects I was creating my own invoices in InDesign, and I was keeping a log of my money in an Excel spreadsheet. That was fine at first, but with more projects, it was just taking too much time and tracking expenses in Excel was becoming quite messy and confusing. But then I tried FreshBooks and it changed everything. Invoices that used to take, you know, five, 10 minutes now took around 30 seconds to create. My profits and expenses were also nicely organised too and I, I just immediately felt so much more organised and more professional in the process. If you're not yet using an accounting software, I highly recommend that you give FreshBooks a go and if you're listening now, you can get a free 30-day trial And there's no strings attached. You don't need to enter any credit card details to try it out. All you need to do is head over to freshbooks.com forward slash logo geek and be sure to enter logo geek in the how did you hear about section to get started. Now let's get back to that interview. Here in the UK, we have quite an active design scene, uh, especially in the cities. We've got loads of events happening and places to meet and network with other designers. However, I I understand in the country that you're from that there's literally nothing. However, I hope that together we can work to change that. But I want to ask you, since there's currently no gatherings of any kind, have you found a way so that you can still meet and network with other designers Uh,
1: of course most of my designer friends live abroad (laughs) mainly russia i met all of them online (laughs) i don't have any designer friends here Uh, so when i started uh, freelancing in 2016, I didn't have any clue what should I do, so I began to search for design communities, and within two years, I found new great friends with different backgrounds, not online graphic design. To be more clear, I met 90 percent of my friends online. This then the group of friends which I mentioned before <laughs> from this previous company, and the rest, these old people are just on, uh, my friends, my online friends. And, you know, I have a friend who I met in real life in St. Petersburg just a year ago. After more than 10 years of chatting, (laughs) we were like every day. we, we we, We chat every day. We have video calls, audio calls. He knows everything about me, what's going on about my project. He helps me a lot. I know everything about him. But we met only one year ago. So I have a lot of friends like that. People whom I met just maybe two or one year ago in real life but before we were chatting for a very long time
0: yeah I've been the same with a lot of my friends because uh, especially my graphic design friends I in in reality um the the companies I worked at I've either worked on my own or with like one or two other people and uh it's I found it hard personally to meet other graphic designers unless you are able to go to these events but thanks to mm. the internet there yes. are communities and groups and forums and websites and there's so many different places to to meet and mingle with graphic designers and I think we're a really lucky generation to have access to that because I can imagine you know if it was probably like 30 well 20-30 years ago it would be impossible but now you know, if you have an interest in something very specific, no matter what it is, you can easily meet and mingle with other people. Exactly. And exactly. like I said, you can use things like WhatsApp, Skype, um, Facebook, uh, Facebook chat. Yeah, every single social media platform is definitely a good way to meet people. And, and I like what you said about, you know, your you're that person that you met you're speaking to them every day you're getting feedback on your work and stuff like that so it's really good that you have that and i think anyone that's listening that are in a country like um you are where there's not many graphic designers or there's no sense of community and you know there's there will be areas like that in the uk and in the states as well that will have the same issue just go on the internet and you know join something like the logo geek community or other facebook groups um there's lots of different ways that you can meet and network with other graphic designers if there's no um no offense by you but one thing i think you should do because uh hopefully there are other graphic designers maybe maybe you need to start something <laughs> maybe you need to be like the one that um you know actually start like a meetup or something you know let people know like the location where you are and in
1: my country you mean we don't have even a bookstore where i will find designers here (laughs)
0: uh i don't know but you know go on the internet find um I, i i i need to ask in the facebook in the Lego Geek Facebook group, if there's anyone where you are, or if there's any,
1: uh, I know a couple of, co- uh, I mean, like companies who yeah. works, but um, I'm not sure that um, it will be interesting for me to. Yeah,
0: fair <laughs> enough. I guess what I'm trying to get at, if I uh, what I'm trying to get at, if if there's if you're in an area where there's nothing happening, be the be the person to start it. That's the way that I see it because where I live here, um, I, I live just outside of Manchester and in this actual area, I'm not aware of any actual mm-hmm. design, um, groups or meetups, but, um, I have started to get to know other people and I could take the lead on that and you could take the lead on that. And I, I think, you know, anyone that's in an area where, um, there doesn't seem to be going anything happening, just um Start something, you know. Let people know that you're going to meet up once a month at that place, and start building a little community of your own. And you know, then you know, all those there there might be loads of people in your area that are thinking, "Oh, there's nothing happening here." Actually, there um, is one. You could kind. be, yeah
1: i met him online yeah (laughs) i I found him online he says that he's from Uh, (laughs) Turkmenistan. i found him online so we have one yeah plan a meetup already in
0: the list yeah just just plan (laughs) something because i've i've done this with um people i i've known here like we've we've all collectively got to know each other online and we're like okay let's let's meet up and Um, then you slowly create a group and that becomes more well-known and then you can create events around it and all sorts of stuff. So I guess what I'm saying to you or anyone else that's in an area where there is nothing, start something yourself Mm -hmm. because people, I found that people, um, don't like to be leaders. They like to be followers. So there are not that many leaders. Not not many people are standing up and taking lead of it. So when someone does stand up and, and say, "Hello, I have a party over <laughs> here, or a group here, or whatever it is," people go. You know, that's. So if there's nothing where you are, create something. Start that. Start that movement, and you know, bring that to your country. And I I think you've got enough of um a following and an audience and um reputation online to take that lead and start something you never know what might happen but that what I'm saying I'm not saying that just to you I'm saying it to the audience as well um you know if there's nothing in your area don't sit down Uh, complaining about it actually start it take lead on it uh, yes you're
1: right maybe I should try yeah I
0: think you should instead
1: of crying now yeah instead of crying stand up take (laughs) lead
0: and and actually say okay I'm starting this event uh find people invite them and then just say okay every tuesday at seven we're going to meet here and you know it might just start off with one or two people but the the more that you promote it and push it obviously that will grow and then it could become an event and then suddenly you know two years down the line three years down the line you created the whole hub of your country (laughs) for graphic design. It's exciting. I can't
1: imagine this, but actually, you know, I will try. Yeah,
0: you should. I I really think you should. And and be sure to let us know how you get on too. Um, So anyway, moving on to my next question for you. What do you do to actively get logo design clients?
1: Uh, I love this question because uh, I listen to Jonathan's podcasts where he was saying that most of his friends find clients on Instagram. And I have the opposite situation. Uh, I think the best way is to promote your social profiles like Behance and Rebo. Not sure. In, in, we need Instagram because the more people see you, it's like about the brand, right? The more people see you, the more they trust you. <laughs> so Instagram is very important platform. But I don't think that I even... I got even one project not sure so the more followers you have the more possibility that potential clients would notice and approach you every time I'm being featured in Behance Gallery I get plenty of offers emails people write me with some interesting stuff and it's all the same for dribble uh, people write me as soon as my shot gets into popular and uh, you know uh, about instagram <laughs> uh, recently i i receive a lot of uh, messages on instagram people write me uh, but most of these are you know like are you uh, are you making logos for free or you ha- you take money for this yeah. <laughs> the recent message yeah, yeah, or you know one guy uh, <laughs> yes one guy wrote me a message and he says that i have a manufacturer i produce uh, tomato paste and uh, could you tell me the price for the logo first of all I don't tell the prices when I don't learn the brief but it's okay I mean when we don't have the conversation but before I even replied to his message he sends the second one and where he says that oh I've learned your works and based on your experience which is very great I'm offering you $25 and $5 more For the urgency, because I need to log by tomorrow.
0: Oh, my God.
1: (laughs) So all the works, which I, I mean, all the messages which I receive on Instagram, they're like that. I don't remember when (laughs) there was something serious.
0: Yeah, I've had messages like that too. And (laughs) I tend to ignore a lot of them as they're just not serious leads.
1: We need Instagram uh, for our Promotion, let's say
0: yeah, for your brand for the promotion of, of our
1: portfolios. Yeah, uh, this is beautiful, uh, beautiful social network. But I'm not sure that uh, we can get something serious. Yeah, like serious clients from this. By the way, my friend, she said that she gets fifty um, percent of the um, uh, projects. Uh, very good project, interesting on Instagram. How is that happening? I don't know. Uh, My experience is like that. I don't get anything like people offering me $5 (laughs) and they want to buy everything (laughs) from my shop.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I find it's really interesting that you get your work. Was it from Behance and Dribble? Um, But you mentioned that you get the work when you get featured. Is there anything special that you're doing to get your work featured or is it just a case of... You know, um, doing good work and That's also and a very interesting question
1: because we yes, we talk uh, with friends about this. Sometimes they feature the works which may I may say that mm, I wouldn't even notice this, but um, I don't know how it works. But most of the cases they feature some interesting project. What you have to do is to try to create a beautiful presentation. It have to be. Uh, full project not just you cannot put one log and that's so all. if uh, there is no uh, proper identity or anything like a case you cannot um, wait anything from yeah. behind you will you may not get any feature so if your project is full you arrange everything beautifully you uh, there is an article by the way they say how to create projects and they recommend what and how to do so um, people may the beginners may learn a lot of things from there um, but uh, i just try to put only full projects when there uh, was a lot of content there i don't put like one picture and that's all it's for instagram or dribble dribble is one shot you upload only one shot and that's all that's how you describe your project. But on Behance, you have to do it very properly. I spend, Sometimes I spend two weeks to arrange some project there. So it requires a lot of time. But uh, you may get a feature if you right. did everything correct yeah
0: it sounds like it's worth the time investment for you to exactly, to do that because yes. if you get loads of work when you know when something gets featured mm, it's worth yes most that.
1: interesting projects i get from behance the biggest and the most interesting are coming from behance
0: that's amazing anyway so we're near the end of our time and i have a couple of final questions for you can i ask you what's the most important piece of advice you've been given as a graphic designer
1: uh, my friend Wadim, which I yeah. mentioned before, he told me one very important thing that there is no such a thing that I don't have an idea or um, I don't know what to do. He he always telling me, you just sit at the computer and continue working. That's how you <laughs> come to the point. That's how you find the ideas, by trying the things. That's how you do the thing. There is, a, Yes, there is such a thing like, I don't have a mood, I may not want to work today, for example. I have to refresh myself, refresh my brain and everything, my mind. I have to just spend my time doing some home things, or so maybe I want to draw, or I want to go out. Yes, that's something important. We all have to do these things, but when I sit at the computer, I just try the things. For example, if I have to find a solution, I try the things. I sit and do the thing. (laughs) If my idea is clear, I hope it's clear, because there are no uh, such a such a thing like a hint what to do you have to jump on one leg and then the idea will fall from the space now you sit and work you continue working that's how you get all the things
0: yeah I agree with Very that simple I, advice I um I think it's uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with a guy called Sean Wes um but he always when mm. I, I I haven't listened to a, a, a lot of his content in a while but when I used to listen to him he always used to say just show up and just by showing up, you get stuff done. So, you know, if you want to be able to create something, the, the sheer act of actually just sitting down and making a commitment to getting on with it, you seem to get on with things. And, um, you know, I think, I think it's good advice to, um, you know, for, to, to have been given to just sit down and keep working through it, you know, going for a walk. It might help, but, it's quite unlikely you're more likely to make progress by actually sitting down and trying to work mm-hmm. through that and you know um you know by sitting down and trying to solve it even when you're struggling that's the only way that you're going to solve that problem um so i think that was really good advice that you was given now, we're pretty much near yes, the end I of our time. Always work. <laughs> I'm going to ask you one last question, and it's actually a similar mm-hmm. question. And I've asked everyone on this podcast so far, as far as I remember. So, if you could go back in time and you could offer your younger self some advice, what would that advice be?
1: Uh, I may disappoint you <laughs> with my answer. <laughs> it's okay. but I would tell myself, don't change a thing. Yeah. Uh, most of my life, you know, I've been dreaming that the time machine will be invented at last. And <laughs> I would then use it to prevent some stupid accolades so or unnecessary words. I will do everything to jump on this machine. <laughs> there are things uh, I wouldn't want to repeat and remember. But on the other hand, I realized that without that experience, I wouldn't have what I have right now. Mm. And our mistakes actually help us to get more experience without mistakes life would have been boring
0: yeah yeah I found it really interesting that most people that I've asked have actually said pretty much the same thing and it's nice to hear you know (laughs) I didn't
1: listen to it yeah
0: but I mean if there's if there's anyone out there that's you know going through a tough patch or a hard time or they're struggling it's useful to know that this is just part of your story and you know you wouldn't be able to make that progress to the next level without having gone through that experience so anyone that's listening that's going through a hard time you know every single person that's been interviewed on this that's successful they've been through that hard time and it's nice to hear that from someone like yourself and you know other people that have said the same thing you have to go through that as part of your journey keep going and you'll you know you'll make it eventually (laughs) well we we've gone through loads in this so um i gotta say thank you so much for coming on especially because i know that english isn't your native language and you put a lot of time into, perp- yes. into preparing for this so thank you, you for doing lot that a um, um, no it's fine it okay? you've done well um so okay. yeah from me and everyone listening thank you so much for coming on and for your time it's been fantastic thank you such a great interview thank you Alexa for coming on especially knowing that English is not your native language and that you wasn't entirely comfortable at first to come on I think you was fantastic so thank you again if you'd like to learn more about Alexa visit her website ekayeva.com and that is spelled e-r-k-a-e-v-a dot com alternatively check out the show notes for this episode where I'll include links to that all of alexa's social media profiles and any resources discussed in the interview as well as a full transcription too to see the show notes just visit logigeek.uk forward slash 4.9 I've also started working on something new called Logo Geek Plus, which is an extension of the Logo Geek community where we have frequent video meetings to discuss topics around logo design, branding and freelance life. Within that group, I'll also encourage you to share your goals and we collectively work together to make sure that you achieve them too. To join that is only $10 a month and those that do join will also receive an exclusive Logo Geek pin badge that you cannot buy anywhere else. To join that just visit community.logageek.uk Joining that community is also the very best way to support the Logo Geek community and also to support this podcast too. So if you just want to give back in some way uh, to support it, that's the very best way to do that. Also, the people that do join that community, I will be giving them priority in terms of my time. So if you do have questions to me or you do want feedback directly from me personally, that's the very best way to do that so again to join that new community it's only ten dollars a month and to access that just visit community.logageek.uk now if you have any questions or if you want to have a look around just ping me a message and I will arrange that for you so that's it for this week but I'll see you again next week for another exciting episode of the Logo Geek podcast